So in that song we sang, we sang, Lord, you're my one desire. And at Gaten, we have a lot of different things, but we're really just one group of people with one desire. And that is to love Jesus and to share him with the world because we believe he brings hope, he brings peace, he brings purpose. And so that's why we've gathered here this morning. Um, We are looking, if you're a guest with us, we are looking at our Vision 2025. Uh, We want to aim at something uh, for the next five years that we would be on mission together. And uh, we believe that God has put us here on purpose and he wants to do great things. And if you're a guest, we'd love for you to join us on this mission um, because we believe it's for everybody and everybody's welcome in on it. My name is Mike Bailey. I'm the pastor here. And... uh, We had an awesome Christmas and New Year's season, and as we begin a new year, I am just really excited about what God has in store for us, and uh, we have been praying as a staff, as leaders, about God leading us and giving us wisdom as we take the next steps. Uh, Last week, we kind of laid out some of what that vision is. We talked about gathering large to connect small, and right now we're gathering large, and what we do in these gatherings is we worship God with an intensity. Um, That we come here expecting uh, to lift our voices to God and expecting to hear from God and being together in a room, in a space where we're gathered with one purpose and that is to worship the God of the universe and um, to have that relationship with him. And then we want to connect small. So out of our gatherings, we connect into what we call circles or connection points where we have fellowship or champions where you can get to know other people. We believe life is relational. We believe um, God created it so we would be in relationship to him and with each other. And, and the best way for me to get to know you is not sitting in a row. You probably don't know the people very well unless you've known them before that you're sitting next to. So we want to give you a circle or a home or a place to connect where you can look face to face, get to know their name, get to know their story, and begin to build a deep relationship with others in a community focused on this mission that God gave us through Christ. And so today we're going to look at that mission. We're going to look at what is the mission that Jesus established 2,000 years ago. I believe um, there's a mission that he gave us uh, that we can either uh, follow or we can avoid Um, But the whole purpose for us to be here is to follow it. And so we want to follow it to the best of our ability. And so we're going to look at what the Bible says about that. But before we go there, um, I want all of us just to take a moment and think about what is your life's mission? What is your life's mission? I know for me and probably for most of us, um, as you go through life, your mission kind of changes. And I think at the front end of your life, a lot of your mission is given to you. All right, get good grades so you can go to the next grade. Um, Get a good job. Uh, Get through the hard things so you can get to the fun things, right? The mission seems pretty small um, at times in your life, and then it gets bigger. I know for me, when I got married and had children, the mission expanded. Now I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good father. And this became part of my mission. Now... I know in my life it wasn't always intentionally my mission. Like I got up and said, this is my mission. But over time I realized the importance of recognizing my mission. Where is my mission leading me? What what really is, if I'm going to be absolutely honest with myself, if I'm going to be absolutely true to where the things that I'm focusing my heart on, my mind on, my soul on, what is my mission? I think it's important for us, even in this moment, to consider that truth for us. So I want you to do is just for a moment, I want you to take a deep breath. Relax. I want you to close your eyes. 
And I want you to think about what is your life's mission? How many of you that was hard, that was difficult to think of? How many of you that was fairly easy? You know exactly what your life's mission is. My prayer this morning is that God reveals to you clearly what his mission for you is, what he wants um, and what he is doing so that he can lead you to where he's leading you for his mission for you. And so before we look at his word, let's precede it with prayer. If you would pray with me, please. Father, thank you. Thank you for the gravity that holds us to the ground right now. Thank you for our hearts that are pumping blood to our bodies. Thank you for home and food and family and friends. Thank you that you have supplied these wonderful things. Lord, I ask that your presence would would be so strong here that our minds would be in tune to your spirit that we would hear from you, that you would speak directly to our hearts. Lord, I pray that your, your will would be done, your desire for us would be true, that we would know what it is and we would be obedient to it. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would help us to see um, what you're doing in our lives and the people around us and that we would partner with you in that. Lord, I pray that as we walk into this room and we gather and we have challenges and we have issues and we have things that stress us out, we have things that bring us anxiety, we have things um, that uh, we just see as difficult, I pray, Lord, that you would give us right now what we need to give us peace in those things, that you would give us what we need right now, um, that we would have the nourishment for today spiritually, um, Lord, that we would begin to get strong spiritually because of this nourishment, that we would use what you give us um, so that we can be on mission for you. And Lord, I pray that um, if someone is here and they're seeking and they want to know you, they want to know you're real and authentic and, and genuine, I pray, Lord, that whatever they need, you'd give them right now, that they would know that in their heart. And Lord, I pray as we talk about our mission in life and we think about where we've come from, uh, Lord, help us not, um, help us not t- to be uh, angry at ourselves or bitter or upset about our past. Um, and Lord, help us to to recognize your hand in our life and, and that we would know we are forgiven in you and that we don't have to hold on to anything uh, that is sinful or that is condemning, that that has all been paid for. Help us to recognize that grace, receive it, and to give it. And Lord, uh, as we talk about this, help us as in our minds we go down this journey with you, that you would protect us on this journey. And Lord, help us to see um, that the, the best is yet to come. The future is bright. There is hope for us. There is hope for forever. And Lord, Lord, that you have promised us this. Help us to know it. Help us, us, help us to believe it. And help us to live uh, with that as a truth in our very hearts. That we know this is where we're headed. We know that, that you are good and you have great things in store for us. Help us not to just say that, but to embrace that and for that to be true in our hearts and minds. Lord, we thank you for, for speaking to Matthew and him writing these words down for us to read now. We pray that you'd bless the reading of your words 
And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning we'll be looking at Matthew chapter 22, verse uh, 36 through 39. And then we're going to move to Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Um, if you don't have a Bible, we'd love to get you one. If you have a smart device, there are free apps on Bibles that are awesome that I would encourage you to get. Uh, this is a good starting of a year to start a year uh, study of God's word and allow him to saturate his truth and his love into your life. I would, I would deeply encourage you to consider that if you haven't already uh, made that part of your calendar and your routine. We're looking at Matthew. Now, the interesting thing here, this is part of the Gospels. The Gospels meaning this is the story of Jesus. This is where uh, these men recorded what they saw. They were eyewitnesses. They actually experienced this. They're not writing from secondhand knowledge. They're writing from firsthand account. And they're recording things that they learned and they heard um, so that those who came after them would know these truths and be able to live out these truths. It is interesting that the author of this book, his name is Matthew, um, that his profession, the job that he had, was tax collector. And as tax collector in his time, in, in his place, um, he was, that was not a very uh, well-received or well-respected position. To be a tax collector, especially as a Hebrew, you had to basically turn your back on your friends and family and your whole culture, and you had to join the enemy who were the Romans that had overtaken you, and you had to work for the Romans, and your job was to go collect the taxes from your friends and your family. Many times um, you, were, you were abusing that, and you were taking more than you should, and so uh, you were thought of in this way. The, when people looked at you, they thought your heart was selfish, your soul was dark because you were such a selfish person and that your mind was on making money and abusing and using your authority to get what you wanted. So you're a very self-centered person. So Matthew, in his profession, he chose a profession that he knew this would be the perception of his culture, of his time, of his friends and family. And yet God chooses Matthew and Jesus chooses Matthew to record this amazing account for us that gives us the mission that God has for us. Matthew is recording for us what we're going to read, the mission that God has for this. And I would submit to you that God is on mission right now to communicate his mission to you. He wants to speak into your heart. He wants to speak into your life so you understand why you were born, why you exist, where you are going, and what you are to do with every day of your life. He is on mission in these words to tell you the exact truth of why he created you. So these are powerful words. These are powerful truths that we're about to read. These are ginormous truths. These are things that, um, that, that explain the questions of life to us. And these are the establishment of the mission, the mission that God established for his church that we are living out right now. We are part of this mission. Us being in this room right now is living out this mission that was started, that Jesus began here in Matthew 22:36, and, and as we begin to read, uh, the religious people of the time didn't like this mission. They had to control over the money. They had to control over the religion. They really did not like Jesus. And so they are trying to destroy his mission. And yet crowds are gathering larger and larger to listen, listen to Jesus to see what he has to say. And so here's what he tells them. This is one of the religious leaders, the Pharisees, asking Jesus this question. He says, teacher... Or rabbi, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Now to give you some context here, this person probably believed there were 613 laws. 
So out of the 613, which is the best? Which is the most important? He's trying to trap Jesus in this question. But as I look at this question, and I read it from my perspective, and we read it today from our perspective, the thing that should stick out to us is this word commandment. How many of you like to be commanded? Anybody? (laughs) Right? Commandment. We live in a culture and a time where nobody tells me what to do, right? Nobody is, you know, my boss is only my boss at work. Nobody tells me what to do. Nobody commands me, right? And so we have to deal with something, I believe, right out of the gate. You and I have to deal with something about this whole mission, about this whole story, about our vision as a church. We have to deal with something. And here's what I believe we have to deal with. Do we receive God as commander? Do I personally receive God as my commander? Do I look to him and say, you are my commander. Please allow me to know what you have for me. And diving a little bit deeper there. Should I pursue God as my commander? Does he have my best interests in mind? Does he love me? Does he care for me? Does he know what's best for me? Is his commands going to be beneficial or detriment to me? And so before we can go any further, you and I, every one of us in this room, have to decide, do we submit to this authority? Are we willing to believe that God is good and what he tells us is good and when we receive it, it'll be good? That's the first point of the mission because that's a tough part in the mission. That's a tough part in the mission is to say, I want you to be my commander. I want you to be my Lord. I want to follow you. So here's what he says. If you're willing to receive that, then the next step is love the Lord your God. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, With all your mind, this is the first and greatest commandment. And so here's what Jesus says. He says, look, if you can receive God and you believe that what he says is good and true and and worthwhile and that he is your creator, he is your owner, he is your provider, he is the one that put you on this earth, um, here's what he's asking of you. Here's what he created you actually to do is to fill yourself up, fill your heart and your emotions. Fill your heart and your emotions with a love for him a desire to know him, a desire to search after him, a desire to follow him, that your emotions, when you cry, when you laugh, that they would connect to your love for God. But here's the tough thing I find in this. Here's the tough thing, and maybe you can relate. I can fill my heart with negative thoughts about other people. I can fill my heart with negative thoughts about myself. And then my emotions reflect those things I filled my heart with, right? He says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Well, sometimes in my heart, I've allowed, I've welcomed in, I've opened the door to to some evil thoughts, some hurtful things towards others, and some detrimental things of thoughts about myself. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. He says, love the Lord your God with all your soul, 
Your soul is the very core essence of who you are. Your soul is the very thing that makes you you. Um, April of last year, I was able to be at my mother's funeral. And at the funeral, she was in the casket. And I looked at the person in the casket and recognized that that is just the shell of my mother. That is not actually my mother. My mother's soul is something much different. Your soul is what lives within you. It gives you identity. It gives you you. And sometimes I fill my soul with darkness. Sometimes I fill my soul with self-defeat. <laughs> right? Criticism. Attack. Sometimes when he says, love the Lord your God with all your mind, I fill my mind with doubt, I fill my mind with anger, I fill my mind with hostility, I will fill my mind with self-destructive thoughts of I'm not good enough, I'll never measure up, what I did isn't forgivable. These are the things we tend to put into these places that Jesus is saying, God created you to love to the capacity in all these areas and that's what he wants to do. That is what he is on mission. His mission for you right now, his mission for you is to fill your heart with himself, to fill your soul with himself, to fill your mind with himself. That his purpose for putting you on the planet is that you would know that love so that it would fill you to overflowing into other people's lives. Because here's what he says the second part of the commandment is. He says, the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. See, the interesting thing is I read that and sometimes I miss the fact that I have to have some healthy view of myself before I can actually love my neighbor. If I hate myself, if I'm filling my mind and my thoughts with these negative things about me, how then am I going to be able to love my neighbor as I love myself? I will hate my neighbor because I hate myself. You see, this is such a big thing. This is such a big thing, and I think everyone in the world is looking for it, and everyone in the world is, is reaching for it, because here's what it is. We try to pull from ourselves this love. We try to dig deep and find this love within us, or we try to find this love in someone else, or we try to find this love in something else. And we find that it never fills, and it never completes, and it never really does what we believe it should do. And here's God, he's saying, I am on mission. My mission for you is that you would open yourself up to me that I can fill your heart, I can fill your soul, I can fill your mind. And in overflowing over into you, you will then overflow into your neighbors, to your, your spouse, to your kids, to your coworkers, to the people that you relate to every day, that you would know the love that I have for you. That's why I died on the cross. That's why I raised from the gra grave so that I could pour myself into you. I would save you and be your Lord, be your commander, fill you with my love that you can overflow into the people around you. This was what he communicated to this religious teacher who said it's just the do's and do nots. If you do the right thing, God will be happy with you. If you don't do it, then he'll be mad with you. That is not the story. That is not God's mission. God's mission for you and for me is that we would say, yes, God, I believe you are good. Fill my heart, fill my soul, fill my mind. And every day, fill it a little bit more, fill it a little bit more so that I can pour into the people around me so they can be filled. You use me as your vessel so that I can be poured out into the world around me so that all may know 
of your love. I know this to be true because after Jesus goes through all of these things and he's placed on a cross and he's dead, he's dead for three days, he rises from the grave, he comes back to meet with 400 of his, his disciples and this is what he says before he leaves to ascend into heaven. He says this to them, Matthew 28, 18, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Everything in your life, from the oxygen you breathe to the gravity that holds you to the ground, everything that happens in the universe, I have authority over. I have authority. It's been given to me. Now I have a mission for you. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Make disciples. What is a disciple? A disciple is someone who's recognized their need for Christ, received him as their Lord and Savior, and then shares them. And who are we told to share this good news with? Who are we told to share what God has done in our lives? This love that resides, that grows within us. We're told to tell every person of every ethnic background, of every place, of every time, of every age. That this is a message of hope. This is a message of purpose that is for all of the world. The mission that God started through Christ, the mission that we're on today, the mission we're committed to for the next five years is a mission of being filled with God's love to overflowing to the world around him. And we want to be on mission together. We want to do this together. As the staff met and we talked and we prayed and we went to our leaders and we talked to our mentors, um, we came to this place that we felt like uh, a, a good way to, to summarize this, a good way to bring this into to perspective was the idea that I want to be a disciple who makes disciples of all generations. That it starts with me, I as a pastor, I as a husband, I as a father, that I would be a disciple. And that in my filling, I can overflow into you and you can be filled and, and, and I'm being filled from you and you're being, and, and we're, we're doing this together. And that we're all, it starts with you individually, you. Jesus loves you individually. And he wants to fill you. How do I know? We come back. He says, um, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is a physical declaration that I am loyal in believing. I'm believing that God loves me, that he's covered my sin. I want the world to know that this is my mission. That Jesus' mission has been fulfilled in me, and now I want his mission to be a, what my mission is. And here's what he says. It's so amazing. He comes back full circle and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. What has he commanded them? To love the Lord their God, the, the, their Lord, the God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And to love their neighbor as themselves. This is what he's called us as disciples to share with people that look, the reason you exist, your mission in life in everything from your, your profession, your relationships, your money, um, your authority, whatever you receive in this life, it is to love God with and it is to share that love with the people around you. And here's the most powerful statement of it all. The most powerful statement of it all. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You will not do this alone. We will not do this alone. We will not walk this path in darkness with no guide, we will walk with the light of the world. 
He says, I am with you. I am with you. And so here's our vision. Here's our goal. We want to be disciples who make disciples of all generations. How will we do this? We will gather large and worship God with an intensity. And then we will connect small to encourage each other in this walk. Encourage each other to be what God has created us to be. To be on mission to get it together. So that we can be filled to overflowing. And so this place will be different. Our lives will be different. Our families will be different because we've been filled with this love that God has poured into our lives and it is poured to the brim of overflowing. But you know, that sounds great. But is it real? Is it true? Can you give yourself over to this? Can you follow this? Can you believe this? I was talking with a friend of mine about this very thing this week. And there's something I've realized in myself. I realized that a lot of the things that, that, that are good, that I know I should do, that are righteous and, and, and God is pushing me to, I initially try to get out of or avoid. Because I believe I have sin in my heart. I have a disease that helps me not to see very clearly about these things. But if I'm willing to walk through that, even though I don't really feel like doing it, even though I don't feel like it's what I want to do, every time that I actually do what it is that God has for me to do, I feel life like I've never felt it before. I feel life in a totally different way. And it's something I, I, I want to remind myself, even though I keep going through these cycles, and I think we'll always go through these cycles because we have this sin thing in us. But every time you choose to follow and be filled with the love of God and to share that love of God, there is a life that is generated within you that is really unexplainable. It's a peace, it's a joy, it's an abundance. It's, it's bigger than any other thrill or pleasure that life can offer. And so I would challenge us. What would it look like if every one of us in this room said, I'm going to walk, even though I don't feel like it, even though it seems hard, even though maybe I've taken a lot of steps away from this path, today, today I'm going to ask Jesus to fill my heart with his love, fill my soul with his love, and fill my mind with his love so that I can pour that out into others. This is the mission that Jesus has given us, to be filled to overflowing. In the beginning, I asked you to close your eyes and think about your mission. I don't know what you thought about. But I do know that God is orchestrating a plan in your life. He's brought you to this moment. He's brought me to this moment. And he's saying, will you trust me? Maybe that mission is exactly what he wants for you. Or maybe that's a mission you need to disregard and, and see what he has for you. Whatever it is, whatever it is, will you do it today? Whatever it is, would you be willing to make your mission his mission? Would you be willing to be filled so that you can overflow?
Let's pray. Father God, we are so grateful for the truth. We are so grateful for your love. Lord, we all struggle with things. We all go through highs and lows, times of peace and times of war. But Lord, we come to you this morning and we just ask that you would guide us, that you would fill us. And Lord, if there's things in our hearts that you want us to just say, hey, please take that from me. If there's things in our souls that we're just holding on to that we shouldn't. If there's things in our minds that we're clinging to that should not be there. Lord, we know we can't get rid of them on our own power, but we ask that you would help us, that you would clean us, that you would bring purity into those places, that you would bring your love into those places, uh, Lord, so we can be truly on mission for you. Lord, help all of us in this room to recognize our sin has been covered on your cross. Um, there is no condemnation in you that if we're your children, we are saved, we are sanctified, we are set apart. Help us to trust that and to believe that and to know that. And Lord, I just pray that you would help us. Help us to be on mission like you are on mission. The Lord, we would be able to be poured out into the people we love, be poured out into the people we don't even know, so that we can be filled to overflowing with your love, so that many would know you and know that truth. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this gift. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As part of our mission, if you're here and, and you're committed to Christ, you say, he is my Lord, um, he is my commander, he is the one I trust for good. Uh, he calls us in every area of life, whether it's our time, whether it's our energy, or whether it's our finances, to be obedient to him. So my encouragement to you is that you would pray and say, God, how can I be obedient with my time? How can I be obedient with my energy? How can I be obedient with my finances? And whatever he reveals to you, that you would be faithful to that. And if you're a guest here this morning, um, there is no obligation, there is no pressure to give here. We, we're glad you're here. We want to invite you to the family. But we also know for all of us in this room, we have only so much time and only so much to give. And this is another opportunity to be faithful to what God has given us. And so I want to do this out of a cheerful heart, not out of a place of, well, I got to do it, or out of a place of guilt, but out of a place of joy that I know that God is going to use whatever is received to bring his love and his salvation to the world. And so in a moment, we'll pass a plate. That's what we're doing. We're giving you an opportunity to participate in that, to partner with us. Um, if you came prepared to give, if you didn't, you can go to our website. But we want to give you that opportunity because we believe that's a blessing. I'm going to tell you every time I give, I feel a lot better about life because I know that I'm not a slave to money. But whatever God speaks to you, whatever he's speaking into your life, we ask that you would be obedient to that. And so now we come to that place where we worship through our generosity.